the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. And then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Know me, know the voice of the guys. Me, really real villain, real to from Virginia here at your service. And on the sides, what's up? We did not get a 3-1 series. Sixers and the Suns both lock it up 2-2. And I mean... We're in game four, and I've cashed Sixers plus two and a half minus 150 already. That was free money. It was actually very easy. I didn't sweat at all. So for a person that hates the Celtics so much, I actually do bet them pretty accurately. Scott Studio, Rachel. Scott, what's going on? Yeah, nothing much. Uh, definitely two fun games yesterday. You had the overtime game with James Harden hitting that game-winning three. We'll talk about that in a second. And then you had... The phenomenal shooting display in that game uh, four of that Suns-Nuggets series where Booker once again shot north of 70% from the floor. 14 of 17 after going 20 of 25 the game before, which mm. is one of the greatest two-game stretches I've ever seen from just any any player in the NBA. Because once again, he's a guard, and he only attempted seven free throws. Or he only made seven free throws, and yet he scored 83 points in two games, which is <laughs> on, almost impossible. 34, it was it 34 42 shots? 32 like, of 43. Yeah, 32 of 43. That is ridiculous. That's 79% field goal percentage. <laughs> that is actually ridiculous. Like, they're, like <laughs> you can say all you want about Devin Booker, but the fact that his team was down two games to none in a series, and he responds by going 34 of 43 over the next two games to tie it up. It's one of the greatest shooting displays I've, I've ever seen in a two-game stretch. The, per- the percentage is crazy. The fact that he hasn't even gone to the gone to the line that much, and yet he still put up 83 points in those two games, I think is crazy. But Durant was very good yesterday. He mm-hmm. helped me win a pretty nice parlay. I had him 35-plus. In uh, one of as one of the legs, uh, oh, you also, got that last those last two free throws at the end. Oh, I needed them. I, yeah. I needed them. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he helped me out there. And of course, Jokic had fifty plus, and he he had ten. He had eleven assists. I had that also as a leg in up in the parlay. But yeah, just a game. It's just a series where it's everything you wanted. It's a very competitive series. You have a lot of star power, and for the most part, every single star has shown up in that Uh series, and as a result, you've had a phenomenal display of basketball. That's been my favorite series by far. I I know that going in, a lot of people, including myself, are looking forward to the Lakers and Warriors series. The problem is the last two games were blowouts, and we're going to talk about that game four later on in the show. The Suns and Nuggets series, though, has basically had everything that I wanted, with the exception of game two being very ugly, but that game was still very competitive. Yeah, I had a great time watching basketball last night, not just because I made the I hit the 40 to 1 parlay, but also just because it was high quality basketball. I had a good time and you saw a lot of star players step up. Thought mm-hmm. it was a very good day in basketball yesterday. Yeah, it was. And I mean, 
except for the point where Philly really, really tried to give that game away, like multiple times. Yeah, I was going to say which time. Yeah, yeah, multiple times trying to give that game away, whether it, it was whatever. And the fact that it was James Harden that hit the final shot and the James Harden apology forms have been gone, have gone out to a lot of Sixers fans. They have filled them out and sent them back into the inbox. And now they're going for, over for processing. But I, I mean, we said it like if James Harden is on. I, well, I said it. If James Harden's on, I don't know how they don't win this series, but it's just the fact of is James Harden going to be on all the time? And. You know, as far as the other series, it's literally been about everybody except the stars because the stars have been doing what they were supposed to do. But that bench for Denver was really, really bad yesterday. And, you know, the Suns actually got some contribution from Shamit, got some contribution from other guys off the bench, and it compensated and it worked out in their favor. So all new series, best of threes. I love it. Anything else before we get into tonight's games? I feel like the only real discussion left, I don't don't have much to take away from that Denver-Phoenix game yesterday. They tried to make some defensive adjustments on Booker. They sent more doubles. They were trying to experiment. But at the end of the day, you just saw great players make a lot of really, really difficult shots. I didn't think Booker had a ton of wide-open looks. He had a couple in transition, some free layups here and there, which you get in a game-in, game-out basis. But it really just seemed like Booker, especially in – the third quarter, he just couldn't miss no matter where he was shooting from. And he had that stretch where he had a couple of threes in a row. They they just couldn't guard him. Like At some point, yes, I know you can make an argument Denver's defense isn't great and that's been an issue for them in the playoffs in the past. Their defense, at the end of the day, when, you, when you're against some great shooters, some, sometimes it just doesn't matter. And it felt like Booker and Durant just basically told themselves, we're not losing a home game. Like, get, get ready for game five in Denver, and it's going to happen. And that's the story of it. So I don't have much to take away from there. The Boston series, I have more to take away from because I think Boston's the better team. But once again, the reason why I was a little bit, I'd say, afraid to place a wager on Boston in this series is the fact that I think Missoula's a really bad coach, and I don't trust them late in games. And we've seen the two games Philly won. They had to win in miraculous fashion because Boston can't hold the lead. So that hasn't surprised me. That's been an issue for Boston all season long. Do you have any takeaways you want to mention just with regard to Boston's late game execution? Because we've mentioned how bad it is for months and nothing's years. changed at this point. Years. Year, that is true. I, I mentioned yeah, that. It's, it's, it's years. Yeah, Udoka really wasn't that great of a late game coach either. And I used to roast Udoka for it all the time. It's personnel, right? Like, can we point out that Jason Tatum is a really bad decision maker in the final 10 seconds of a game? I feel like Uh, the actual resume and the proof is there. People just haven't officially made the realization yet. Because I know I blame it on Missoula also for not calling a timeout ever in these situations. But at some point, it's on the players. It seems like Jason Tatum has no clue what to do with the ball in his hands in the final 10 seconds of a game. And that's been an issue for him for his entire career. You agree with that? Or do you think it's more coaching? Mm, I think that it's about equal on both sides. Okay. I don't think I don't think it's just one thing. I think that one thing can surpass the other, but if they're both pretty uh questionable at that point in time, it's never gonna end out well. So 
I'm just but, saying. I mean, nobody, direct, they've never yeah. been willing to give Jalen Brown that spot. Like they've never, mm-hmm. I, I don't recall every time that they just said, all right, you know what? You're now taking the late game shots. Like they said, that there's, it's there's a separate discussion to be had about uh, Brown potentially being a better player than Tatum, but he, he made the same mistake twice, Missoula and Tatum at the end of regulation and overtime, just taking too long to actually determine what he wanted to do on the final possession. No offense to the role players in the league. There's no chance I'd want Marcus Smart to take the shot at the end of regulation and overtime. And overtime, it didn't even count because he didn't get the shot off. But the fact that Marcus Smart ended up being the one to have the ball in his And that's what you wanted. But that's what you wanted. Like, that's, as, that, that's as, on the other saying. side that's of the ball, problem. on the other the side of the ball, that's what you want. Like, you like, shoot, if we get in Marcus Smart to take that over That's what Philly else, wants, but I'm, I'm saying good. Boston, at the end of the day, you got yeah. you to hammer home either to Tatum or Brown one of you are going one of you is going to shoot this ball. No offense to Smart, no offense to anybody else on the court, to Horford, whatever. We want our our all-stars, our all NBA players to take the shot. And it seems like Tatum really doesn't like to take the shot, or he really has a bad play construction or possession construction in his mind because he constantly gets himself into bad spots with the time in the final possession of regulation. I kind of just wanted to throw that out there. All right, we will see if Jokic gets suspended or if he gets fined or anything else. But I think that he's getting a 50k suspension, but I doubt he gets suspended. I mean, a 50k uh, fine. I don't think he's getting suspended. Um, nice flop though by the owner. I respect it. It was like a Marcus Smart type of flop there. I thought it, I thought it was well executed. Um, they won't. They probably should, but they won't. All right. Shady Rays. Wait, you you want them to? You want them to? I I said they probably should, but they won't. Like it, by the letter of the eh, law. I don't know if you should. by the letter of the law you make a contact with the fan. That's a suspicion. He's also holding like, the ball though. Like there was a thing like yeah, deliberately. You know, he goes over. Well, he's holding the but basketball. Still, but still, but. they've. I mean, they've done more to players that with fans that were actually talking crazy to him than you know. So by letter of the law, he should get a suspension, but I don't think he will. Yeah, uh, we agree on the conclusion. I, I doubt they're going to sabotage the entire series by suspending Jokic. I don't see that happening. Yeah, but I mean, I do yeah. think if it was anybody else, it probably would be an easy suspension, no question. But because it's the former MVP and, and by far the best player on their team, uh, they're probably not going to. It'll ruin the series if he gets suspended. So, All right. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you have a chance to win $500. How do you do so? I'll tell you. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% on two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. When you get your receipt, you can take that receipt over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady, and you will be entered into a contest for $500. So not only do you get your shades, but then you get an additional... $500 on top of it. Just take your receipt over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash shady. Make sure you use promo code SGP at shadyrays.com for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. All right. Let's move on to the games that are actually playing basketball tonight. We have up on the dock at 730 on the East Coast. New York Knicks are traveling to Miami to play the Miami Heat. Minus four and a half for the Miami Heat. Two oh eight and a half is the total. That's come up from two oh six and a half. Injury report here. And Jim Butler is questionable with that ankle injury. We expect him to play. And 
Emmanuel quickly is doubtful with his ankle injury. That could be addition by subtraction, depending on who you ask. Scott. Well, I want to ask you first because you're the Knicks fan. So I want to ask you, what's the optimism meter at from like one to 10? How are you feeling so far? I mean, I actually don't think it's like anything that my, I really don't feel like Miami's ran away with this, but I just feel like the Knicks don't want it. Like that's what I'm starting to feel at this point. Like they just don't want it. And I'm kind of appreciative of the Emmanuel quickly injury because it's going to force Tom Thibodeau to make adjustments and I think you're going to say it's going to force Brunson to play like 42 minutes. No, I mean, of course, of course, it's going to force him to play more minutes, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But it's going to force some adjustments in that lineup. Like, there's a lot of things here to consider, especially uh, when we're talking about, hey, you know, what are you doing with Grimes? Is Grimes getting more minutes? Is Grimes going to actually shoot the ball? Is like, what is he going to be? What is his contribution offensively? I know you hear, you hear, he's a good defensive player. What are you going to do? Are you going to start playing Deuce McBride more minutes? Is he going to come into this game? Is Derrick Rose going to make like any type of adjustment would feel very like you know very very good for me in the fact that we're just not going to go out there and then scream at the refs all game and end up trying to play the game on the ref when Knicks couldn't make shots. And there's been no change to try to help them make more shots. Like, I don't think that this is, I don't think this should be as, well, I think it should be as competitive, but I don't think that, you know, Miami's going to run away with it. I'm taking the, uh, the Knicks here plus four and a half. I still think this is kind of zigzag theory with these. I think the second round of games entirely is just going to be really good at this point. So uh, I think it's still a little zigzag theory. I'm not switching up on my Knicks money line pick in the first in the beginning. I have a Knicks plus four seventy five in my pocket as well. I, I I haven't seen anything from Miami other than you know random role players stepping up here or there that really makes me think oh wow like jimmy butler jimmy butler can absolutely absolutely just carry this team all the way like i don't think scoring wise anybody else really really makes me concerned i just need the knicks to make shots so it sounds like your optimism meter is still at like a five yeah it's like a maybe a, yeah yeah like you're, like you're right in the middle there. kind of thing yeah i'm not i'm really not leaning one way or another i just feel good with the value that i have at plus seven, 475 but I, I don't know, man. It's like it, it, when you look at the game and you're sitting there and you're like, all right, the game that they didn't hit a whole bunch of threes, they still beat us. And then it's like, all right, yes, everybody knows the officiating was really, really bad. But like, that's not the excuse. You got ran out the gym. Like, you yeah. got ran out the gym. And so officiating matters when, you know, the game is within it's a 19 close game. Points. But yeah, but. yeah, like you're not going to get out the gym. Why do I say it helped? Yes. Did I feel like any chance that they had at a comeback, the officiating did deter it? Yes, but I'm not putting it on the whole thing. They should have played better. They yeah. suck. They should have played better. But we've seen teams get blown out one game and come back with a different intensity the next game. That's why I feel good about the next year. So I gave out the heat uh, this past morning at like 2 a.m. at minus four. It's now at four and a half. It was a YouTube play today. Yeah, it was. It was my YouTube play of the day. Had Durant yesterday over in points, so shout out to that. That worked out well. But at the end of the day, the way that I look at the series, it really just sums up like Thibodeau's entire playoff career. I haven't seen a single adjustment in three games. 
And it's, and it's, it's really, really annoying. The, like, it's it the just, issue that we run is. into every single time Thibodeau's in the playoffs. And I even compared it on the YouTube video to the Hawks series in the first round a couple years ago. I know the rosters are different. I know the Knicks have more talent on the roster this year than that year. But the Knicks won game two in that series. And then you saw Atlanta, who looked like the much better team throughout that series, win by double digits in each of the last three games. It's because Thibodeau, for better or, or worse, will trust his guys. He's not mm. going to make many adjustments. He's not going to shake things up. He's going to challenge his players to play better. And if they don't, they're going to lose. And the problem I have, I don't trust the Knicks guys to step up regularly. Brunson I trust because he's had overall decent stats, but he's been a bit streaky. Barrett's been decent, but once again, kind of hit or miss every now Barrett's and then. Barrett's been really good in the playoffs. I can't yeah, even Yeah, yeah, it's really he's Randall. He's been really good in the playoffs. It's really Randall. It's just R.J. Just Barrett. Can't. It's just R.J. Barrett. But yeah, no, Julius Randall. Randall's the one I can't trust. He's shooting below 35% from the floor in the playoffs. Like I, I, can't, I can't trust him. As bad as he was in the Hawks series a couple years ago, He's been even worse this year in the playoffs, and that seemed almost impossible when you look back on it. But I don't trust Randall mentally. You said it doesn't seem like the Knicks guys want it. I don't think Randall wants it. He's been good on the boards, but that's basically it. I just feel like when you're looking at this series, he'd have the best player by far in Jimmy Butler. It's not even close. You can make an argument that he'd have the second best player in the series with Adebayo. Maybe you can make the argument. If you're including defense and the fact that Adebayo has been really good in the first couple games of this series, you can make an argument that he'd have the best two players in this series. And the main difference for me, the Heat are miles ahead in terms of coaching. It's a no-brainer. We knew it going into the series. The reason why people were so thrilled with, with Thibodeau benching Randall in the middle of Game 4 against Cleveland is not just the fact that Randall was really bad. It's the fact that it was something that Tom Thibodeau would never do, and Knicks fans were thrilled that he actually benched a guy in the middle of a game. It's because people know what Thibodeau is. He's a guy who's a very good floor raiser, but he's a low-ceiling guy. And it feels like the Heat in this series with Jimmy Butler playing, they won two games relatively comfortably. Game one was iffy because Butler got injured and they got off to a very bad start, but they really dominated the middle portion of that game. Game three was a destruction. Game two, once again, the Knicks won at home, but Butler didn't play in the Heat, arguably should have won that game anyway. So I'm going to lean to the Heat because I trust this team more. I just feel like with Spolstra's coaching, with Butler really just being in control, and the fact that the Knicks this postseason are averaging 95.8% uh, sorry, 95.8 points per game on the road. 95.8 points per game on the road this postseason. They can't score. Just simply put, they can't score, and I don't trust Thibodeau to make adjustments. I'm going to lean to the Heat at home. I trust the home crowd. I trust Butler, and I think at the end of the day, I trust Spolstra. I'm going to take the Heat. Um, Yeah, I wonder if this game is winning the series. If the Heat win this game, I think they'll win in five, to be honest. like I, I think the Knicks are going to roll over at home in game five, but we can agree to disagree on that one. But I, I just I know the effort level. And the, the somewhat consistency I'm going to get from the Heat compared to the Knicks. And I feel like that the ceiling for this Heat team is just significantly higher at this moment than, than the ceiling for the Knicks team. I'm going to take the Heat at home. I think it's going to be something like that regular season game in Miami where it was super-duper high scoring. Oh, you want, uh, the, you want the Randall game-winning three at the buzzer? 
Yeah, like I feel like it's just this. It's I feel like this just profiles as everybody's just locked in tonight because both of these two teams know how much this game means. That's why I'm on the four and a half. I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if they go out here and they get me a win. But I'll I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I just trust. Yeah, Butler I think to find is, a way with the execution in the fourth quarter. That's kind I of think this is one of those games where it's like, all right, it's down to the wire. It comes down to the wire, and I think it's going to be a good one. So I'm just afraid if the Heat get out to an early lead, the Knicks might roll over. Mm, I don't From what I've seen in Thibodeau's playoff past, when his teams go down the series, they usually don't respond quite well. So I'm a little bit concerned. We'll about see. That. I am definitely on the contrarian side here. All right. I think it's a lot of points. Do you think it's a lot of points? No, but I'm going to lean to the over. I just think this number's too short. Uh, you've seen this series have more high-scoring games than people anticipated. Uh, but once again, the Knicks and the Heat could not hit a shot last game. Neither team could. The Heat just made a few more shots. Randall's got to show up or at least show something. But Brunson's going to play more minutes because quickly is, is potentially not going to play. But going through the first two games of the series, first game landed 209, second meeting landed 216. Third game, nobody could shoot. I feel like this is a little bit of an overreaction because, once again, nobody could shoot in Game 3. And the Heat, even with bad shooting, still scored 105. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the over. Uh, I think that this game finds a way into the low two tenths. All right. Props, what do you like? Uh, for props, I feel like I got to go with Randall rebounds. I saw that at 8.5. It was plus 102. He's done very good on the boards. I know the points have not been there and the assists were not there last game because nobody could shoot. But Randall's had a pretty good overall rebounding series. And a big reason is because Mitchell Robinson just can't stay on the floor. He's he's in foul trouble all the time. And I believe Robinson played, what, 14 minutes last game? He was barely on the court. I like Randall over. I still expect a relatively ugly game at times in this matchup. I like Randall over for rebounds. Eight and a half at plus money. I wouldn't mind taking a 10-plus rebound shot there at a decent amount of plus money. He's done a good job on the boards, and the Knicks have gone a bit smaller every now and then because they know Robinson has no offensive talent besides being a rim-running lob threat, and the Knicks, once again, can't score. If they're going to change anything up, I do think Randall might get a few more minutes at the center spot, or maybe they'll use Hartenstein more, but I do like Randall rebounds as my favorite prop. I think that number seems a bit low at plus money at 8.5. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I like that. I played Randall's rebounds last game, and it, it cashed the, the first half. Over on yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was a cash like the first half. So, no, I like that play a lot. I'm um, also looking at Br- – I'm trying to think if I want to go for Brunson. I probably want confirmation if uh, quickly is not going to play. But Brunson – should once again keyword should play 42 minutes or more they don't have many guards and apparently mcbride's in the doghouse i don't know why like i like mcbride as a player but thibodeau just never use them unless he has to use them i don't trust randall baird i know has been pretty good or he's been fine but brunson's got to be the catalyst for me so i'd probably consider something with brunson overs but then again it also depends if you think brunson has a good game or not I mean, he's been he, he's, he's been, been fine. He's just been yeah. very, very streaky. Yeah, he's had a couple I mean, of really bad shooting games and some really good shooting games. I feel like yeah. he's had I feel like he's had twenty plus in every single game in the playoffs. 
it's just we're we're kind of waiting for that expl- that onslaught of Brunson. Well, some of it's Ooh. just based on the volume and efficiency because he's taking a decent amount of shots. So if he's going for twenty, but he's taking like twenty shots, yeah, that's not the greatest performance. Like for example, he had twenty points last game, shot thirty five percent from the floor. Yeah. But game four that he had 30, 52. Like he's been Brunson's been he's okay. averaging twenty-five in the series. He's just shooting forty-five point two percent and he's shooting twenty-seven point three percent from three. Like that's the problem. Let me see here. Which is why I like the over for Brunson, because once again, he's getting to these point totals of twenty-two, twenty-five, stuff like that, but he still has not shot the ball that well. So I'm kind of leaning to Brunson because of it. No, I'm definitely like Brunson. Um, I think that, you know, this is a spot that he steps up and he he's been here before. So he steps up. He brings it home. I got Brunson over 24 and a half at minus 125. Uh, I kind of. Um, I might end up playing. I don't know. Minus 130 for Grimes. I'm over one and a half threes. Thought I was getting a little bit better of a deal than that. I'm really trying to think like of any ones. other props I'm tempted by. I thought about something maybe for Bam, but I don't know if I actually want to take it or not. Rebounds for Bam. He's really not been great rebounding-wise. He was good last game, but once again, nobody could shoot. So there mm. were a lot of extra rebounding chances. I maybe wouldn't mind assuming Adebayo finishes with like eight or seven rebounds in this game, so I'd probably lean to an under on his rebounds. Besides that, though, I'm trying to think of what else I really like. I like Josh Hart over three and a half assists at minus okay. I was going to say, Hart props I can get behind, but for the Heat, it's tricky for me because Vincent could have a great game and then go one for eight from the floor. Struess has been pretty good the last couple of games, but once again, the Heat have gotten guys who step up at different occasions, so it's kind of difficult to fully predict throw what your you're going to get. Throw your dart at the board. Pick yeah, one. that's kind of what you're doing with the Heat. So I like Hart props as well. He's been one of the only guys I've seen with like consistent effort level. And if the whole team would play as hard as he does, they'd be a lot better of a team. But once again, I'm really high on Josh Hart as a role player. I like his props too. I'm just a fan of his game. Take uh, Lowry and Jimmy assists. Lowry at over four and a half plus 110. Jimmy's at five and a half minus 115. I think those are pretty solid, especially in a game I, I expect to see a little bit more scoring on both sides. Uh, and I swear them threes be falling for them too. All right, I don't have anything else. I'm really like I'm I'm more on Brunson. I think it's a Brunson day. I think it has. And then if it's if it's Brunson and Rand, and I probably will put you know something explosive on the side on Brunson and Randall both having a good day because if if they both have a good day, the Knicks are gonna win. They should. Uh, it's just you know. Can I get that? We'll see. I have, I have a lot more faith in Brunson to have a good game than Randall. That's kind of my main stance on that. I feel like that's everybody's stance. It should. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Golden State Warriors going to play the Los Angeles Lakers. But before we get to that, I'm going to talk to you about Talkify. Yes, they are back. Life is full of what ifs. And so what if you try something new when it comes to dating? What if you go out and you use Talkify, the country's number one modern matchmaking service, and achieve the relationship success that you've been looking for. Look, Noah did it. Noah went out there. Noah went and got a date and had fun on Talkify. You could do it too. And so 
Talkify matchmakers, matchmakers will meet with you and learn about what you're looking for in a partner. They'll screen candidates for you. And they're so committed that 80% of their clients met their person within their first 12 matches. Right now, Talkify is offering you 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. All right. Lakers and the Warriors. Lakers up 2-1 on the series. Opened up as a minus three and a half point favorite. They are now down to minus three. 228 is the total. Injury report here for these two teams. And we have. I think it's relatively clean. Yeah, clean. You got Baldwin Jr. out. Obama questionable. Other than that, the people that are actually supposed to play are playing. I don't even know if, if Baldwin's out because of injury or by choice, but either way, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be playing in this game. <laughs> and for the game of the day, what ref is it anyways? You got your main man, Scott Foster, on yo, it feels like he's been like he's working, working overtime. He's been working overtime. I feel like every single day we come on this podcast, somebody is saying, Hey, Scott Foster's refing tonight. Like, oh man, he's definitely putting in some hours. I wish I just knew what bookie he used so I could know what bet he put down. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we can start off with Scott Foster because there's an interesting conversation to be had about which side he's actually going to support in this game because we know that he's known as being the extender. So you'd assume, oh, whatever team's down in the series is going to win this game. He's also been really good for home teams. And we know Foster likes to make sure his kids are watching so they see him on, uh, on TV a lot. The Lakers just go to the rim a lot more, so they tend to get a lot more free throws. Do you think Scott Foster actually benefits the Warriors or the Lakers in this game? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like everyone kind of assumes. I feel like they said because he's he's done this series before. I, I think it, I think the Lakers won that game actually, but he's he's worked this series before, and uh, I I don't know, man. I I just that's, what, that's what I do saying. know I'm is sure that the total's either, going man. over. I'm I know not the sure either. But people keep saying, you know, he's the extender, so the Warriors have this in the bag. But you're trying to think of. The fact that he's he been calls very a lot good of fouls that does benefit the Lakers. He's been very good to the Lakers. He's yeah. been very, very good to the Lakers. And so now you could use that foul thing on both ends, and they're saying, all right, going to stay aiming and get no fouls. We know who's finna start calling some fouls, mm-hmm. and that's Scott Foster. So, well, I do want to ask you first things first, just to not recap game three, but just to at least bring it up in passing. Are you surprised the spread is only three based on how badly the Lakers killed them in game three? No, this feels short, they, doesn't no, it? no, no. Do short? you seriously care about them? Blow? They just, the Lakers just got blew out of game two. No, no, no I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like three, just based on what happened last game, no. feels a little bit short of a starting no. point for a spread. Not at all. Not at all. So? No, not at all. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think you cannot look at anything what you saw last game because if you did that, then Golden State would have been a favorite on the road in game three but because they blew out. You're switching home courts and stuff like that. And like, I know I hate the they blew them out the game before. So the line needs to adjust. No way. I don't believe that at all. I think that you just caught them on a bad night. This is still a competitive series. This three. OK, so forget about the opening right. line. Are you surprised this much money or there's been this much movement on Golden State? Not really. Uh, I think everybody's thinking is zigzag theory, and that's what it seems like the Sharps looking like. They pulled this line down a half to three. Uh, it looks like everybody's thinking is zigzag theory, and, you know, 
because Golden State lost that last one. They're going to figure out a way to come back and make the adjustments and go win. So uh, I think the line's about fair, honestly. Like, I, I think that if we were just looking at these two these two teams, we would probably give them a close to three points either way, whether no matter who was at home, you probably just lean a little bit to that side. But uh, I think it – I think it's interesting because you have a dog that needs to tie this up before going three one on the road. But how and Golden State's won a road game in every series for the past what eighteen series? Like this is a whole bunch of different iterations of this team. And you they said eighteen. I, I think it's like twenty nine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm but pretty sure they've won a road game in like twenty nine straight series, which is the all time record. Yeah, it's something. I don't know. It's something crazy. Like, pretty but, sure it's twenty nine. And so I think this is. I mean. If they ever needed one, it's this one right here for sure. So I, I'm slightly leaning Golden State. I'm going to lean to the over. First things first, with Scott Foster as the ref, I feel like we're both going to be on the over, correct? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. no brainer. So that, that's my favorite play on the game. Yep. As for the side, I'm going to lean to the Lakers. I don't feel great about it but I'm going to trust the way that I read the series before it started because so far I've been right about every game. Uh, I know that I, I gave out the Warriors and I pivoted a little bit in the last game for game uh, three. But going into the series, I had the Lakers in six. I had the Lakers winning game one, losing game two, winning game three, winning game four, losing game five, winning game six. So far, based on my initial predictions, which once again I might have wavered on midway through the series, but we're not going to talk about that because it doesn't support my narrative. I had a decent read so far, uh, initially, and I. It's actually not even being. Uh, not, actually, not even being that. Good. I'm not even being a Benedict because that was my initial thought. I was initially. I, hey, I wasn't going to play it, but when you said it again, I was like, "All right." Man. I know. <laughs> I, I'm going to lean to the Lakers, though. I had the Lakers taking a three-one series lead uh, when the series was initially going to happen. Uh-huh. They've just been really, really good at home defensively. The Lakers uh-huh. have really thrived off the crowd's energy. They've brought it defensively. Now, the elephant in the room that we didn't talk about was the every-other-game theory with Anthony Davis, and he had a good game last time out, so he might be in line to be terrible once again. So we'll see how Davis looks, which is also why I'm a bit scared to actually bet the side. But if Davis shows up in any capacity, I trust the Lakers more, at least in terms of supporting Cass and the Warriors, which is why I picked the Lakers in six in the first place. I don't like Golden State's bench. I don't think they have many good role players, and I don't trust Jordan Poole. And Poole's been really bad ever since game one. So I'm going to lean to the Lakers. I'm probably not going to have money on the side. I'm going to have money on the total probably. But I'm going to lean Lakers. I really like what I've seen defensively with them at home, especially. And I think the Lakers find a way to win and cover. So I'll lean to the Lakers, but I'm going to lean to the over. Which I know I just mentioned the Lakers' defense has been great. But even offensively, they were very solid last time out. I'm going to lean over as my favorite play. But I think the Lakers take a 3-1 lead. All right. Props. What do you like? So starting off with the props, uh, I'm going to go with the unders for Draymond Green points and for Jordan Poole points. I'm not going to overthink this. Poole is at 12.5. They keep (laughs) dropping the number. I don't care. I, I don't care, man. It doesn't matter who's sitting courtside. It doesn't matter, you know, how many minutes he's going to play. Poole peaked in the first three quarters of game one. And ever since then, he's been terrible. Uh, wasn't it like one quarter? 
or one and a half. I feel like it, it might was like have one been. Quarter. Yeah. It, I think it was that second quarter where he just dropped like 13. Yeah, I think he had, he had a couple. I think it was three threes in like a four possession span in the second or third quarter. But yeah, Pools has not been good uh, for the last couple of games. And he also commits a lot of dumb fouls. Foul trouble could be an issue. It doesn't guard anybody, which is another issue. I'll lean to the under on Pool at 12 and a half. They also just haven't been giving him any foul calls the entire postseason, no matter how often he flops after trying to take a layup over two people. They're not calling anything when he goes to the rim. So I'm going to link to the under on him. And I do like the under on Draymond. He didn't, he barely attempted any shots last game. And everybody is terrified of attempting shots over Anthony Davis in the series, which has been one common theme. Just we talk about Curry's gravity on offense. Davis's gravity on defense is crazy. Nobody on Golden State wants to shoot a layup when he's near the rim. It's really funny, and all Draymond does is shoot floater layups around the rim. His number's at eight and a half. I like the under on Draymond. He's not going to get to the line. He doesn't shoot threes that well. Most of his points come around the rim, and with Davis patrolling the rim, I don't like Draymond in this game. I like the under Draymond eight and a half. Do you have any thoughts on those two props? Uh, what did Draymond really. take again? Two shots? Two shot attempts in game uh, three? I think. He went one for two, I think. Yeah, something like that. Like he doesn't, he's not going to look at the rim. I'm also hoping Curry realizes we need to win this game. I'm shooting the ball. No, so times. so that's where I was that's what I was sitting here scratching my head over. And I'm just like, I feel like we just need to take Steph over 30 and a half. Because and I mean he's proved it this playoffs when they need to win, he's shown up. Like when they need a win, he's shown up to the game. Whether they actually, you know, came through and got the win, I don't know. But he's been there. Like, he, he constantly shows up, you know, giving you 50 points in a game seven. Like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to step. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not overthinking this. The point. I'm, not, I'm not overthinking this. I'm going to step over. I know Curry did in the entire Kings series. I'm hoping that he and the coaching staff reach a point where they realize if we're going to win this series, you need to shoot the ball four times a game. We don't have a choice. And I stayed the Lakers have using Vanderbilt Thumb and giving a bunch of different looks. And I had impressed by the Lakers of guard him. Clay went back down to earth. He ended up shooting the ball poorly, went five for 14, three for nine from three. I'm not surprised that he's been a bit streaky. Probably Draymond did go one for four in the last game. But the point is with Clay being streaky, with Poole just being outright bad in this series, and Wiggins giving you a ceiling of roughly 17 points. I'm hoping Curry looks at Seth and just goes, listen, you're shooting the ball 30 times. Give us 40. It's the only chance we have to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm with, I'm with you on the Curry over because they really don't have a choice. Do you think they have a choice? Because I don't. No, I don't. He has to. He has to. Like, he has to show up. Yeah. Uh, where? Anthony Davis rebounds are at 14 and a half, and I don't see a number for Kevon Looney. Is I think there... Looney's going to start. I think that's, yeah, I think that's what I think that's why it's not up here because they're trying to figure out if he's starting or not. But I think that I think they have to start him. If the argument was Golden State went smaller and it worked in game two, 
I don't know if it actually worked or it just was. It worked in a temporary sense because the Lakers had to adjust what they were doing defensively. And you could argue that the effort wasn't there because the Lakers already took one in Golden State. But they weren't smaller than they ran. And then game three came around and the Lakers knew what they were going to get with Michael being the small ball power forward. And the Lakers beat the crap out of him. Like, it really was just the story of Jermichael started. He only played 11 minutes. He didn't really do anything on the court. I'm assuming that the main adjustment you're going to have to make is using Looney again. Because if they're going to be using uh-huh. Curry to shoot the ball 30 times, they need all the screening they can get. They need all the offensive rebounds they can get. Uh-huh. I think the Looney has to go back to playing 20-plus minutes, right? Like, other yeah. adjustments they're going to have to make. Doesn't Looney have to play more? Yeah, I'm just waiting for them to drop Looney's rebound line. Honestly, I feel like that they're going to overthink it and it's going to be too low wherever they drop it. It it needs to be the same. It should really be the exact same line that Anthony Davis has. No, that's going to be difficult because once again, when when you're following a blowout, you have to try to assume or predict what adjustments the coach is going to make. I just think Kerr's going to look at his roster and say, there's about four guys on the entire team I could actually trust or five in a game in game out basis. Looney's one of those guys. Like I think he's going to have to play more because he can't trust the other guys. Yeah, I I am all over Looney props today. Honestly, <laughs> this I'm all over like the rebound. Like points yeah, I'm not like a trust, but oh no, nah, I want if I I feel like if you want the rebounds, you got the assist too because he just kicks it out to the open yeah. shooter and gets yeah. an assist. <laughs> like yeah, you got it. If you got the rebounds, you got to get the assist too. Uh. Hassan brought up Reeves under 21 and a half PRA. And I'm actually shocked that is that high. Yeah. I, like I had to go back and yeah, he hasn't even been close. This no. has not been a good series for him at all. And he like our Steph. Yeah. 10, 3, 5, 7, 2, 4, 10, 2, 2 on what? 40%. 44%. Oh, Reeves peaked in game one against Memphis, and he's basically been a non-factor ever since. He's had another game against Memphis in there, but that's it. I get yeah, what you're saying. Right. All right. I like that. Reeves under 21 and a half. RA. I might actually play that. Appreciate that call out. Uh, anything else? I don't really think I have much more. You can make a case for Clay if you actually think he steps up and hits some threes. I don't. If I was going to take anything for Clay, it'd be threes because that's the main way he's going to score. But Curry, I feel like I have to like it anyway, just because he's proven his entire career, especially this postseason, that he's going to take a bunch of shots and probably step up when they need him to. Mm-hmm. I don't trust anybody else on this team, man. Like it's, it's why I was low on the Warriors going in to this series. I like the Lakers' depth more. I... I don't really trust anybody else scoring the basketball on Golden State. So I'm hoping they'll go down relying on Curry. And if they lose, they lose. That's at least the approach I expect them to have. So mm-hmm. I'm on Curry over as well. I really hope they put Looney in the starting lineup. We're going to eat off Looney props. Today. They're going to have to because I'm trying to make the main adjustments they're going to make. In game three, the Lakers mostly had Vanderbilt guarding Draymond because Draymond was setting the screen and they would automatically switch. I'm assuming that means that Curry's going to be drawing the ball a lot more, and they're not going to be using Draymond as a screener, which would segue quite well into Looney being the screener and using him because he is a very good screener. Whether he's moving or not, they don't call it, so he's a good screener. Uh I could see Looney playing a lot more in this game. 
I'm really mad they don't have no type of props listed. Like, they not don't. even... Golly. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm on loaning rebounds. I probably have... <laughs> I'll probably, in my mind... No, I'm probably play it. I'm gonna have a loony assist ladder going. Bro, he had four assists last game with four rebounds. And he didn't play many minutes. Yeah, like what? Come on. They're gonna go back to him this game. I'm trying to see if they have a prop on a leading rebounder this game. Some they sometimes they have, have it, sometimes they yeah, don't. They I would take those. Let me see here. Uh I checked FanDuel, they didn't have it. Uh DK. I've seen that prop before. Loony is at plus three ten. To be the elite and rebounder? Yeah, for the game today. Yeah. Davis is the favorite at minus two thirty. Once again, if you're going with the good game, bad game theory, then Davis is gonna end up with about fifteen points, eight rebounds. So I like the plus three ten. The Looney's really one of the only guys Kirk can trust in a game in game out basis. Like I think he has to play more. Um I'm, I'm, that might be my dog today. That might be. We'll see. All right. Talk, speaking of lock and dog, let's go straight to lock and dog. And uh, oh wait, whoops, sorry. For my lock, mm. do I just go? Do we just go over with Scott Foster and just call it a day? I thought about it. I thought you might take Curry over instead. Hmm. Defense has been really, really good. Uh, I might take Curry. I, I just feel like that's just such like let's just look. It's Steph. Just, it's Steph. Steph's gonna come. Yeah, we're, that's what we're doing. Steph over thirty and a half points, man. Steph is just gonna show up. Like let's not overthink it. Steph. Steph shows up in a game they need, whether they win or lose. He at least comes to play. And it's probably a point in time where we're looking at this game and we're like, can anybody else but Steph do something? Yeah, that's probably where we get. We get to a point where we're at this game, and we're like, "Can anybody else but Steph do something?" It's Steph thirty and a half. All right, I'm not questioning that. Uh, ew, do I want to use two from one game? Got something in my eye. Depends uh, if you like anything for the next game. I mean, I don't blame you for trying to stay away. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm really good on on betting yeah. the Knicks right now. I'm really good. I will. I will chill with my series bet, and that is it. So. We just talked about it, and I'm going to do it. Kevon Looney, leading rebounder, plus 310. That's inc- that's insane odds for him to be the second-best guy. And you're telling me all Anthony Davis has to do is not show up? <laughs> okay. He's done that every other game, so why not? Looney, top rebounder, plus 310. All right. Uh, so for my lock, I'm going to go... Uh, what do I want to do with this one? I could take the fun approach and be an, and be a personal fade by taking a player prop under, and I would just say Draymond under in points, and all of you would ladder him up to 15 and see if he'd score points or not. Oh, I think wait, I, wait, let's go back, because you did say Al Horford the other day. And Al yeah, Horford, Horford went nuts. That was, that was the game he hit like three. <laughs> yeah. That was the game that he was, hit like four or five threes in. Yeah, and I was really sitting there, I'm like, wow, this is really crazy. Like, they're really, really listening to the show. They like, really are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was six for eight, five for seven. Wow. It was the only it was the only good three point shooting game he's had the entire postseason in terms of efficiency. Uh but Is it really? Yeah. He has not been great at shooting the three. That's why I <laughs> called him out in the first place. And he went two for seven yesterday. So yeah, it was the only good game he had shooting the three ball in the entire yeah. playoffs. Well, I mean, at least in that series, one for four, one for eight. 
two for seven, and then that five for seven is just sitting there. Wow. Yeah, I think he had like one good game against Atlanta, but anyway, that's a that's a Horford conversation. I was tempted by Draymond under because I think Curry's going to have to dribble the ball a lot more into his own shots instead of relying on Draymond to be a screener. And the Lakers' paint defense has really been great, so I'm not sure what Draymond's actually supposed to do in this series when it comes to offense with scoring. I don't know what he's ever supposed to do offensively when it comes to scoring, but especially uh-huh. in this series. But I think I'm going to go with my instincts here. I'm going to go with the Heat, minus four and a half. I don't trust Thibodeau to make adjustments. I think the Heat are the much better team. The one game the Knicks won, they were trailing in the fourth quarter, and Jimmy Butler didn't play. I really just have not been impressed by the Knicks at any point in this series. And the Heat have been very good at thriving, or at least uh, enjoying the momentum that the crowd provides I'm going to take the Heat, minus four and a half. I just trust that team more than the Knicks. I've seen Thibodeau in the playoffs. I think his team's already reached its ceiling, and now they're dealing with the ugly playoff offense, which we're used to with Thibodeau. Give me the Heat, minus four and a half. I think they get the job done at home. And for my dog, I'm going to go with a Knicks play. I'm going to go with the Randall rebounds. I'm going to take Randall 10-plus rebounds of plus 110. He's had double-digit rebounds in each of the first two games. Robinson can't stay on the court. He's in foul trouble all the time. Randall, whether he's good offensively or not, he plays a bunch of minutes, and he's been good on the glass. And it's been a pretty ugly series offensively for both teams. Give me Randall 10-plus rebounds at plus 110. Okay, so the only way I'm betting the next game is by parlaying Nick's money line with Randall 30-plus, Brunson 30-plus, and Randall 10-plus rebounds. For and what does that get you like 48 to one? Eight to one, yeah, 48 to one. So that feels because the, if that happens, the next win, any other situation, I'm sorry, what were the odds you said again? 48 to one, 48 to one, okay, yeah, it was 51 and then it like dropped like right in front of me to 48 as soon as I put it in. You know, I'm a line mover, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the only way I can see the Knicks winning. And I hold out slight reservation that it can happen. Really, it's just all on Julius Randle. If Julius Randle rakes up, everything else is going to flow for that team. But he's been unable to do that for the entire playoffs, so why should I expect him now? By the okay. way, that was a, uh, that's my main dog for Randle rebounds at 10+. plus. I know some people complained uh, that puppy, plus the puppy dog isn't, puppy yeah, isn't a, it's not a big enough dog. Dang. I got to, you know, I don't have move any... a little bit. I got to live dangerously. I'm going to take the hey, same dog as you. Can y'all hear? No. Oh, I should open the window. The little the little puppies are outside oh. my neighbor's house barking, and I'm pretty sure it's just because you took that puppy pick. Yeah, the point is, Randall's it's a baby dog, so I'll take a bigger one also just for the hell of it. I'm going to agree with you on the loony most rebounds prop at plus 310. Okay. All right. Other than that, Scott, anything else for people before we get up out of here? Not really. I'm hoping for a good day of basketball. But since we had two good games yesterday, you might see a couple blowouts today. It feels that way. But anyway, looking forward to the games, and hopefully they're competitive. All right. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. NBA oh, uh, one more thing. There, there is going to be a little bit of a schedule update uh, for the week because uh, Munaf's taking care of some stuff. So yeah. he will not be on the show this week. So we'll be dividing up his minutes. Yep. Dividing up his minutes. And yeah. SGPN NBA Twitter page. Make sure you follow us. He's at Rush Radio. I'm at really real underscore underscore. Make sure you leave a review or you're a coward. And uh, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. We're just going to end it like this. So we.
are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna.